everyone. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I hope today's conversation inspires you and builds your faith for the moment you are in right now. Know that God's love for you truly changes everything. Enjoy the message. Now, for thousands of years on this day, Christians have traditionally done this call and response. And if you've never heard it, I want to teach it to you. That somebody says, Christ is risen, and people respond, he is risen indeed, okay? So I'm going to say it. I'm going to say, Christ is risen, and you shout out, he is risen indeed. Here we go. Christ is risen. Oh, come on. Christ is risen. Amen. We're so glad you're here Today, nous sommes très contents que vous soyez ici aujourd'hui avec nous. We are so glad that you're with us. And around here, we study God's word as the foundation for our lives. And so uh, today, we're going to start this new series uh, for about five or six weeks called Why Am I So Afraid? And over the the length of the series through April and into the beginning of, of May, we're going to talk about some of the great fears we often struggle with in our lives. And uh, there was one little girl who asked her father, Daddy, are, are you afraid of spiders? And she, he said, no. And, and, and she asked, Daddy, are, are you afraid of, 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 of thunder? And he said, no. And, and, and he asked, Daddy, are, are you afraid of, of ghosts or, or robbers? And he said, no. And she said, well, I guess it's true then. The only thing you're afraid of is mommy. Can I, can I get an amen in, in the house? Yeah, okay. And, and did you know that fear is one of the main themes in the Easter story? Have you ever noticed that? That fear runs all throughout the story. See, on Friday, Jesus died to take the punishment for our sins. And then on that Sunday, he rose again with victory over sin and death. But look at what happened next. After his resurrection, Matthew 28, verse 1. says, after the Sabbath... At dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. The angel's appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so what? Afraid, They were so afraid that, of him that they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. And so let's, let's look at this. I, w- I want you to notice, what is, what is the first thing the angel says after the, re- oh no, let's go back, let's go back. There we go. What did the angel say to them? The angel said, do not be afraid. And then when you skip down a few verses to verse 10, you find the first words of Jesus after he is resurrected. And what does he say? He says, Do not be afraid. Listen, that is the message of Easter, that God wants to deliver you from fear. And that is good news in this world filled with with 
terrorist attacks and, and threats of war and, and COVID-19 and, and economic uncertainties and ecological uncertainties. And, and, and we look at the news and we read online and so much is scary. And so we fear for our families. We, we fear for our jobs. We fear for our health. And we call it by many names. We call it worry and, and tension and anxiety and, and stress. But listen, the message of the resurrection is this. You don't have to be afraid. And so look at what, what Ephesians 3 verse 12 says. Why? Because of Christ. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Sometimes you wonder, it's like, man, Joel, why are you always trying to get people to speak up in church and, and, and celebrate? Because listen, you don't know what heaven is like if you sit in church on your hands and are afraid to speak up and glorify God because what it means to have faith in Christ is to come boldly and confidently into his presence. And so that's what we're gonna talk about in this series, how to, to live lives that are, that are bold and confident in God's presence. And over the course of this series, we're going to talk about things like the fear of the future, and, and we're going to talk about the fear of failure and, and, and the fear for our relationships and even the fear of death. But before we get into any of those, today, today I want to show you one of the most powerful and important verses in all of Scripture on the issue of fear. I, I'm so excited to share this with you because I really do wonder if for some, this might be a day of great revelation when God teaches us something that brings freedom at a whole new level in our lives when it comes to fear. Listen to 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Let's read this out loud together. I'm gonna stay here so we can kind of put this on the big screen and I'll stay in my little box and you can read it out loud with me, okay? Boldly and confidently. Let's read this out loud together. Here we go. 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now, what we see here is one of the, the great secrets of life. And it's this, that fear and love are opposites. That the opposite of love is fear. And what's the opposite of fear? The opposite of fear is love. And so fear and love cannot operate in the same space in our lives. They can't be in the same room. When fear comes into our lives, it pushes out love. And when God's perfect love comes into our life, it drives out fear because love is the only thing that can drive away fear. And so I want you to notice something though that's really important here in this verse. Don't miss this word. It's not just any kind of love that can do it. It has to be what? It has to be perfect love. 
You see, romantic love is wonderful. Oh, we get an ocean of emotion, all ushy-gushy inside, and, and half the movies that we watch, and half the TV shows, and the, and the books we read. So much is about romance, because I think our world believes that romantic love can drive out fear, but it cannot. It's not powerful enough. It's not perfect enough. We think friendship love, maybe that'll be enough. And friendship love is so important. The Bible talks about how much we need each other. We need friends. We need the body of Christ. But listen, friendship love is not powerful enough to drive out fear. Parental love, oh, the love of a mother, so beautiful. The love of a father is so powerful, but it's not powerful enough to drive out fear because it is not perfect. What is perfect love? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, Rick Warren says that there are three levels of fear to watch out for in our lives. And the first on the outside is what we call surface fears. Surface fears are things like, I'm afraid that that I won't be able to pay the bills this month. Surface fears are things like, I'm not sure uh, that, that I want anybody to know that I'm a Maple Leafs fan, right? Like, is it, I'm sorry, sorry, Shane, my brother over there, he, he's wearing his jersey on today. Uh, it, it, it's fear, it, surface fears are things like, you know, I'm afraid that I might have a car accident and not have on clean underwear, like my mother said. She always told me, or, or I'm afraid that people will find out that some of my clothes are used from Frenchies. Am I the only one, right? And, 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 and so the problem is, uh, that we, we focus on some of these surface fears and fail to realize sometimes that they come from a deeper level of fear called inner fears, insecurities that drive those surface fears. Things, inner fears are things like the fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection, the fear of not being in control, the fear of not being strong enough, not being smart enough, not being good enough. And yet even these inner fears are not the deepest level. You see, the the deepest level of fear is what we call soul fear, which is at the very core, the center of our being. And here's the thing. Notice that This one is singular. All the other fears are plural because there are many, but soul fear is singular because it is the tap root, the source from which all other fears flow. And so what we tend to do, what the world encourages us to do is we focus on you know, kind of the surface level fears, or even we start to get down into the inner fears and, and, and we, we worry about our finances and we worry about our relationships and we worry about our health and we worry about our identity and we try to put band-aids on these outer levels of fear. Temporary fixes and band-aids is what the world specializes in rather than getting down to that deepest level at the core of our being, soul fear. And here's what it is. What is our deepest need? Our deepest need in life is to be perfectly loved. Completely, absolutely loved at the core of our being. 
And here's why that's important. Because 1 John 4, 18 says that it is only that kind of perfect love that can drive out fear. And until we have that perfect love at the core of our being, then we will always be controlled by our fears. And I think deep down, we all know this, right? I mean, this is, this is why we go searching in the world, looking for what? We're, do you remember the song? We're looking for love in all the wrong places. Come on, you know, looking for love in too many faces, searching around. Come on, 1980, anybody under the age of 40 who actually knows that song? Everybody over the age of 40 knows that song, right? And yet it, it really does kind of summarize how we live our lives, looking for love. And, and that's the drive that causes many of us to, to pursue success in our careers, that if I can just accomplish enough, people will respect me and, and love me. It's why many people pursue sex and, and romance and relationships, trying to get someone to, to love them. It always falls short. In fact, I think some people, that's even the reason that some people have children. We, we, we so desire someone who will love us like that. And yet they all fall short. And here's the reason. The reason is because there is only one source for perfect love, and that is God. God, God is the only surface, source of perfect love. And, and, and here's why. Because only his love is powerful enough and pure enough to drive away our soul fear. And who else in your life is perfect? You're like, Joel, how do you know that? Well, let me ask you, who else in your life is perfect? Nobody, right? Not your parents, not your friends, not your spouse, not your kids. Every single one of them will fail you at some point in your life. And the problem is, that whenever you try to get from other people what only God can give, you will always end up disappointed. And when we don't have God's perfect love filling our hearts, what's the opposite of love? The opposite of love is fear. So what happens is, in the absence of God's love, fear comes in and begins to fill the void that only God's perfect love can fill in our hearts. And what's worse about fear is that fear then causes us to run away from God rather than run to him. That's what we see all the way in the beginning in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve in the creation story. Look at Genesis 3 verse 10. What happens when Adam and Eve sin? Adam says, I was afraid, so I what? I hid from God. And that's so often what we do in our sin and our shame. We run away from God rather than run to him. And some of you say, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I've been. God could never love me wrong. Romans 8:39 says nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
People say, my life doesn't matter. God doesn't care about me. Wrong. In Luke 12, 7, Jesus says, indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. With some, that counting takes longer than for others, just so you know. And so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And folks, if you ever question how much God loves you, look to the cross. Look to the cross and what Jesus did to pay the price for your sins. Hebrews 2 verse 14 says that Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form. For only as a human could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who has the power of death. Only in this way could he deliver those who have lived all their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. It is saying in Hebrews 2 that we live our lives in slavery and bondage to fear because that is how the enemy works in our life. The more he can get us to be afraid, the more he drives us away from God. But the plan of salvation is to set us free from that so that we can be delivered from the fear of what? Of death which I think is the essence of what soul fear is actually about. There was a, a pastor who was, who was kind of out on the streets talking to people about, about death. Nobody wants to talk about death. And, 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 it, and he, he went up to a guy and he said, sir, do you want to go to heaven? And the guy said, no. <laughs> and he said, what? You don't want to go to heaven? And the guy said, oh, wait, I, I thought you were getting up a busload now. <laughs> like, 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 when we think about death, most of us just try to put that out of the way. And yet sometimes that's what we as Christians need to remind people of. If you were to die today, do you know for certain that you would go to heaven? That's an important question. If you were to die today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? But, but I think sometimes that question kind of misses some of the point of what God's plan of salvation is about. That yes, it's important to be ready for death, but listen, the fact is, statistically, most of you are not going to die tonight, right? Most of you are probably not going to die tonight. In fact, hopefully none of you are going to die tonight. And we need Jesus not just because we might die tonight, but also because we're probably going to have to get up and live another day tomorrow. And why should we live it with fear and uncertainty? Listen, that's a great question that we need to keep in mind. We need Jesus, not just because we might die tonight, but also because we need his power to live another day tomorrow. And why should we live it in fear and uncertainty? In fact, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 talks about the fear that, that so often grips us by, by what people do to us in this world, how, how people talk about us and what this world throws at us. First Peter three fourteen says, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't be worried. 
Don't be afraid of their threats, all the things the world tries to do to you. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Instead of worry and fear, worship Christ as Lord of your life. How many of you know the Ten Commandments? Right? Now, some people may be like, but don't make me list them all right now because I might not remember them all. It's important. Listen, if you don't know the Ten Commandments, you need to look those up later today, okay? They're really important. And number one on that list, I bet everybody knows at least this one right off the top of your head. Number one on God's Big Ten list is what? You shall have no other gods before me. What does it mean to have another God before him? The Bible calls it idolatry. Idolatry is any time we put anything, anyone, uh, any person, any career, anything, any identity that we put before him in our lives is called idolatry. Now hold on to that thought for a minute. And let me ask you, what are you afraid of? If you were to get really honest just brutally honest for a minute. What would be some of the fears that you've been wrestling with in your life? See, anytime, anytime, let's go to the next screen. Anytime you put anything before God in your life, it becomes a fear. Now, this is groundbreaking. For some of us, this might be a big aha moment when we realize anytime you put anything before God in your life, it becomes a fear. Are you afraid that people might not like you? Your desire for the approval of others has perhaps become an idol in your life. You're more worried about what others think than what God thinks. Are you afraid for your financial security and whether you can trust God with biblical finances and what it means to tithe and all, all that, to put God first, maybe that's been something that you've put before God in your life. And that's why you're constantly struggling with financial fear because you're trusting yourself rather than God. Some people, their greatest desire, they want it more than God himself is for someone to love them with a romantic love like the movies and so they make that the focus of their lives. And it becomes a fear that controls us. It might be your house. It might be your job. It might be a, a relationship. It might be your sexuality. It might be your identity. Listen, anything that is more important to you than God will naturally turn into fear and become toxic in your life. Ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Is it possible that that is revealing something in me that God needs to deal with? See, here's what's beautiful. Here's where we get set free. When we put God first, everything else starts to come into line. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body 
more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or, or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And Jesus continues, and, and, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you you of little faith. And so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or, or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. You see, our hearts were designed to, to be filled with God's love. And the more we chase after the things of this world, the more we chase after the things that this world is trying to sell us, the, the less we pursue his kingdom and his righteousness and more about our kingdom and what we want. Listen, the more we do that, the more we put other things before our obedience to God, the more fear will creep in and begin to take over our lives. But here's the good news. The good news is that God's perfect love can drive out fear. Listen, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you will always fall short and you'll say, why does the world not satisfy? Because you're expecting things out there that the world cannot give you. But when you open up your heart, and accept his perfect love. We say it around here like this, love changes everything. And here's the good news. <laughs> See, the good news is this, here is the message of Easter. This is why we celebrate. This is the story of his resurrection. Jesus came out of an empty tomb to fill your empty heart. Would you stand together? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh, goodness. And here in the room, uh, and those of you who are with us online right now, I just wonder if maybe you would, would just close your eyes. And just listen to the voice of God. Has he been speaking to you today? Maybe you don't even know why you're, you came today. <laughs> Maybe it was because somebody invited you or, or for some reason you just felt like 
you wanted to go to church and you didn't quite know why, or maybe you stumbled across us right now on the live stream on Facebook or YouTube, or maybe somebody shared it and for some reason you sat down and decided to watch. But listen, it may be a surprise to you, but it is not a surprise to God. Because God knew a thousand years before you were born that you would be here today. He's calling out your name. And so right now, if you're ready to surrender, maybe that's your story. You say, I tried all the things in this world and nothing has satisfied, but I believe that Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment for sin that I deserve. And I want to be forgiven today. I want the hope of Christ. Just right now, would you in your heart pray something like this? Say, Father, I confess that I've sinned. Lord, I have placed other things ahead of you in my life. But today I'm going to change that. I believe that Jesus died to take the punishment for me and I receive your gift of forgiveness. I receive the power that comes from the resurrection. I receive the hope and promise of eternal life. And from now on, I am going to put you first and your perfect love that drives out fear. And Lord, for the rest of the series, for those who are, who are brand new to this whole Jesus thing, or those of us who have been Christians for years, Lord, we open ourselves to what you want to say to us over the next month. Oh, next week is going to be so good as we talk about the fear of the future and, and how to trust you and seek guidance in our lives. But Lord, today we invite you to be the center. We give you everything, all that we are. We surrender to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, in just a minute, we're going to sing and, and, and frankly, we're going to party. Okay. Let, let me just be blunt. But before we do, I want to talk to you for just a second. If, if you prayed a prayer like that today, at the end of the song, I'm going to come back and, and, and offer up some suggestions for next steps of, of ways that we can help you begin a journey walking with, with Jesus and what that means. And so, so, so hang on for that. It's going to be good. But right now, it's time to have a resurrection party and give thanks to God for what he has done. And so let's lift our voices and sing, sing, sing. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Moncton Wesleyan, we invite you to visit our website at mw.church. We are here to help you with any questions you might have. See you next time.